Welcome to Vita Lita Health. I'm Lisa Henderson, a registered dietitian nutritionist and a proud Gen Xer. If you're a Gen Xer, you've landed in the right place. I created this podcast specifically with you in mind to provide you with current high quality information about healthy aging and healthy living during this critical point in your life. In this show, we'll approach health from a whole person perspective, and we'll discuss a variety of health topics, everything from nutrition and exercise, to managing stress and emotions, to weight management, sleep, and beyond. We'll also discuss proactive and natural approaches to preventing or managing chronic conditions that those in middle age are at risk for, Things like prediabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and cognitive impairment, just to name a few. In this episode, I present to you part two of my interview about preventing heart disease with integrative cardiologist, Dr. Stephen Sinatra. In this portion, we delve into a few different topics. Dr. Sinatra gives his suggestions about different types of dietary fat. He also discusses several different antioxidants and polyphenols that he recommends for heart health. And he also shares with us which heart-healthy foods he enjoys the most. And let's talk about saturated fats a little bit, because sometimes people get saturated fats confused with cholesterol, and they're different things. A lot of times they're in the same types of foods, but not always. So I want to know your thoughts about saturated fats, um, which are often found in red meat, dairy, coconut oil, foods like that. Um, based on what you've learned recently, do saturated fats contribute to heart disease? That's a great question. And uh, it's almost a double-edged sword. Let, let me explain it this way. If you substitute saturated fats for sugars, uh, uh, for example, you know, instead of putting, uh, let's say, uh, three or four teaspoons of sugar in your coffee, you add a little coconut milk or something, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it, it can have some sweetening capabilities. I'm just using that as an example. But if you use saturated fats in lieu of sugars, that's a big plus for you. That's a, that's a plus. There's no doubt about it. Now, coconut, that's kind of interesting uh, because coconut, um, you know, even though it's a saturated fat, that can have some favorable impact on HDL uh, and even LDL for that matter. Um, but uh, again, um, uh, you know, because it contains a lot of saturated fat, you know, there are, you know, internists and cardiologists uh, that throw, you know, coconut oil under the bus. I don't, uh, you know, I, I, again, if you use the, the saturated fats in lieu of sugars, uh, that's the real enemy. And, uh, and, and again, some saturated fats can do some good things for the body. Um, when it comes to red meat, uh, remember, it's, it's not so much the saturated fat in red meat. I, I think red meat, uh, you know, contains, uh, you know, uh, a lot of impurities. Uh, I like to see us eat less red meat. Uh, you know, even if you eat it once or twice a week, I don't see a problem with that. But again, a lot of people eat it two or three times a day. Uh, and, and red meat has a lot of excess baggage. Uh, but if you eat organic meats, uh, 
um, you know, there's less chemical intrusion and, 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 and that's what you really want. Uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, organic chicken versus the non-organic chicken, uh, you know, the list goes on and on, uh, you know, even seafoods, you know, uh, seafood proteins, uh, you know, I'm, 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 you know, farm raised fish I'm out on, uh, but smaller fish, uh, you, you know, not big fish in the ocean because big fish contain a lot of mercury and, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, heavy metals like cadmium and stuff like that. But, um, you know, small migratory fish, like in your area, for example, like small migratory halibut, small migratory salmon uh, are still pretty healthy fish to eat, you know, as long as they're smaller fish. What do you think about grass-fed meat? Oh, much better than uh, conventional meats. Yeah, you know, whenever I eat meat, and by the way, I do eat red meat. Uh, I might eat it maybe once a week, uh, you know, at the most, but, um, you know, I do like red meat. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, as a heart specialist, I never used to eat red meat, Lisa, um, for, for, for my first two decades, you know, from, from 25 to 45, I used to eat a lot of fish. But then I became mercury toxic from eating swordfish. <laughs> I used to eat a lot of swordfish, and and when I, and when I tested my mercury level, I was higher than any of my uh, dentist colleagues who had you know proven coronary disease. So uh, you know I uh, I went on a program of mercury detoxification because I ate loads of swordfish unknowingly you know years ago because yeah. I didn't realize it contained a lot of mercury. Well, that's a good segue into what I wanted to talk about next, which is omega-3 fish oil, which is rich in EPA and DHA. And what are your thoughts on omega-3 fish oil? Do you feel like that's beneficial for heart health? And if it is, is it better to get it from food or in a supplement? And for a supplement, what would, what would be a good daily dose that would be optimal for that? Yeah, if it's a supplement, you know, anything uh, between a gram and two grams a day, I think is optimal. Uh, and, and, and the literature backs that up. And, and uh, I do like supplements. I mean, I take DHA and EPA every day. Um, uh, I, I, use a, yeah, I use a squid oil. Uh, I prefer squid oil over fish oil uh, because squid, um, you know, small squid where they're harvested in the ocean, they only live about 450 days. In other words, they're about a year and a half in the ocean or a little less than a year and a half. Uh, and they're small. They're about the size of a grapefruit, so to speak. Uh, so they, they, they're not contaminated. Uh, in other words, um, the problem with fish is that they can get, become very, very contaminated, um, uh, you know, especially, you know, larger fish. And, and I worry about that. Now, the healthiest fish the, the, of all, I, I think, are sardines. I think sardines are incredibly healthy because they're small fish. They contain a lot of omega-3. They contain coenzyme Q10. They also contain DMAE, which is a, um, you know, an acetylcholine derivative in a brain uh, that, that is awesome. They also contain uh, proteins that lower blood pressure. So small fish, you know, like sardines are good. I don't like anchovies. Anchovies seem to be contaminated with uh, uh, cadmium right now. So, um, um, sardines are good. Okay. Yes, but sardines are excellent. Uh, now, when it comes to EPA over DHA, I prefer DHA. And that's why I like squid oil, because squid oil, um, not only is it less contaminated, but it has higher components of DHA. Now, when it comes to the heart, uh, like the brain, uh, the brain and the heart need a lot more DHA than EPA. 
so does the retina of the eye. Uh, so does the skin, so, uh, so to speak. Uh, now, EPA, uh, eicosapentaenoic acid, is really good for arthritic conditions. So, you know, if, 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 if you do krill oil, for example, or fish oil that contains higher quantities of, uh, you know, EPA, uh, and you have, you know, inflammatory arthritis, having weighted fish oils or, you know, krill oils uh, in EPA might be an advantage. But, you know, in my population, uh, I, wanna, I want more protection of the brain, the heart, the retina of the eye, so to speak. So, so I like DHA fortified uh, foods and supplements over EPA. Okay. okay, with a higher, kind of a higher percentage of DHA versus EPA, it sounds Correct. like. Okay, okay, good to know. And let's talk about some, what are some heart healthy foods that you enjoy in particular? Well, I love avocados. I mean, I, I, yeah. I try to eat avocados uh, two or three times a week. Um, uh, again, they're a monounsaturated fat. Uh, geez, they, they're great for detoxification. Um, uh, that's just, uh, I, you know, you, you, you don't get the uh, oxidation like you do, you know, because again, it's mostly monounsaturated fats. I love olive oil. I mean, I, I think olive oil is the secret sauce of the Mediterranean diet. I mean, if, if you look at the Mediterranean basin, uh, you know, they lead the world right now in longevity. They, they just surpassed Okinawa. Uh, you know, the average American lives about eight to nine years less than the average Mediterranean. Think about that. You know, whether you live in Israel, whether you live in Libya or Spain or Portugal or Italy, it doesn't matter. And the common denominator in the Mediterranean basin is really, you know, extra virgin olive oil. So I, I think olive oil is just, you know, one of the, you know, that's one of the, you know, foods that I eat daily. I mean, I, uh, even when I heard uh, Dr. Gonzalez speak, when I asked him to speak at the American College of Nutrition, to talk on the pre-demed study several years ago, you know, I started to take in uh, about four tablespoons of olive oil a day. And garlic and onions, I mean, these are, these are Mediterranean foods. I mean, garlic and onions you know, lower blood pressure to thin the blood. I love garlic. It really is wonderful. You know, garlic was like Russian penicillin during World War II. I mean, you know, it's antiparasitic, it's antibacterial, antiviral. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, I like lycopene and rich tomato sauce. I mean, that's why at Vervana, I developed my healthy, uh, uh, you know, uh, pasta and tomato sauce company and olive oil company, because if you eat like a Mediterranean and, and, and again, I, I use high protein pastas like lentil pastas or chickpea pastas, so you don't get an insulin response. But whenever you, um, you know, take in Mediterranean foods, and, you know, and I mentioned sardines, you know, that's another Mediterranean food, um, you know, you, you, you don't get this insulin response. You keep insulin at bay. And, and whenever you do that uh, with these higher healthy fats and, and higher proteins, you know, you're doing the body a lot of good. You know, another, I mentioned it before, but migratory small salmon, uh, I, I really like. Um, um, and I, I like dark chocolate as well, Lisa. Uh, I'm uh -huh. a big fan of dark chocolate. Uh, now, look, you can't eat a lot of it, uh, but if you have you know, like, you know, three or four little squares, you know, four or five times a week, that's fine because dark chocolate, because of the polyphenol activity, uh, you know, they lower blood pressure. They have a good impact on cholesterol. I mean, you know, I mean, even though they, they contain, you know, some sugars, uh, the polyphenols offset uh, the sugars in uh, dark chocolate. So, 
you know, we can't take away sweets from everybody, but if you are going to do a sweet, you know, a few squares of dark chocolate after your dinner meal four or five times a week, in my opinion, is, is smart medicine. Um, and let's talk about antioxidants and polyphenols a little bit. Are there particular antioxidants or polyphenols that can help prevent or improve heart disease or help prevent a heart attack? Oh, gosh. I mean, that's sort of my specialty over the last 40 years, you know, bringing targeted nutritional supplements to the table. I mean, coenzyme Q10 stands out as numero uno. I mean, coenzyme Q10, uh, and again, I've been using it for decades. Uh, I think it's the greatest nutraceutical I've ever come across because it does everything right. Remember, our body makes it. Uh, The problem is after the age of 40, uh, the body is struggles to make it because, uh, you know, of, of all the uh, uh, in, insidious uh, toxins in the environment, you know, whether it's EMF or, you know, whether it's mercury or insecticides or pesticides, it doesn't matter. You know, Lisa, look at UV light. I mean, UV light is a good thing, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, when you absorb UV light with cholesterol, I mentioned vitamin D3. But, you know, like anything else, uh, UV light can have a dark side. Uh, in other words, uh, if you're out in UV light more than a half hour and get sunburned, uh, you know, uh, over and over again, uh, you know, that's can be problematic. I mean, skin cancer is on the rise. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, when it comes to UV light, the two antioxidants that are used up quickly, you know, within 30 minutes, the, the, the best defense the body has against UV light uh, for the first 30 minutes is coenzyme Q10 and melatonin. Uh, those are the antioxidants that prevent, you know, the downside of UV light. But again, after 30 minutes, now you're, you're burning and, and now you're injuring, you know, your skin. And again, that's why skin cancer is on the rise. So I love coenzyme Q10 for numerous reasons, not because of the cardiovascular and the anti-aging effects, I mean, we, you know, it's good in Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's disease. I just read an article only recently. I didn't even know it. I mean, can you imagine that coenzyme Q10 prevents glaucoma? You think about that. Wow. I mean, and I come from a family of glaucoma. You know, my grandmother and my mother went blind from it. And like, uh, you know, so, I mean, coenzyme Q10, uh, it, it just woes me every single day. And, you know, I take it between 100 and 200 milligrams of it. Um, I like astaxanthin. Ever since I lectured in Japan on metabolic cardiology a couple of decades ago, um, I brought astaxanthin back, uh, you know, from the Japanese. Uh, you know, we get it from the Koreans, from seaweeds. But I, I, I really like astaxanthin. Uh, again, it does everything right for the body. It's just amazing, uh, you know, whether it's the skin, the heart, the brain. It's just, uh, you know, it just is, it's a perfect anti-aging uh, type of, uh, of, of carotenoid. We talked about omega-3s. Omega-3s are, are awesome. Um, one little, you know, sort of caveat, I just want to, uh, I mentioned it in my new textbook of cardiology. I have a new textbook of cardiology coming out in May. And I, I, I did a section on uh, the Mediterranean diet. And I put this, I, I read an article that disturbed me a little bit. And uh, um, I I put it in there because I wanted to alert readers that um, there's there's been some uncertain literature about omega-3s where it can cause atrial fibrillation. And I don't know why. Uh, I think more research needs to be done. But in people who consume 
uh, or overconsume omega threes, uh, you know, multiple grams, so to speak. Um, uh, there's a small population where this might um, uh, predispose you to atrial fibrillation. However, I don't think the researchers looked at other uh, co-variables like EMF, cordless phone, cellular phone, you know, things like that can that can also elicit, uh, uh, you know, atrial fibrillation. So. You know, uh, I just mentioned it in my textbook because I thought it was interesting. But again, I think more research needs to be done. Um, clearly, I love vitamin K2. I, 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 God, I, I met the original researchers from Holland. I was at a Yale New Haven conference, uh, uh, you know, about 15, 16 years ago. And I heard uh, uh, Leon Schrager's and, and C's Vermeer, both Dutchmen, talk about vitamin K2 in a Rotterdam study. And how vitamin K2 takes calcium out of bones where it doesn't, where out of blood vessels where it doesn't belong, and it places it back in bones where it does belong. Uh, that was amazing to me. So, uh, you know, I took them out to dinner. I, I, uh, I, <laughs> I sort of tapped their brains, well, actually on two dinners. And, uh, you know, I convinced Healthy Directions <clears throat> to get vitamin K2 in our arsenal of, of supplements. You know, magnesium is awesome. It's incredible. And I love quercetin. You know, we talked about onions and garlic a few minutes ago. Yeah. But quercetin is predominantly found in black tea, green apples, and onions. And uh, have you ever heard the, about the Zuplin elderly study? Uh, you know, it, it went on for decades, Lisa. And as a young cardiologist, I was enamored with it because these Dutchmen um, uh, who were in this study uh, and the researchers were looking at, uh, you know, not how you died. Uh, they were looking at longevity. They didn't care if you died from heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's or stroke. They didn't care about that. All they cared about was two things. One, what was the quercetin blood level? You know, because we can measure quercetin in the blood. And how long did you live? And it was amazing, Lisa. There was a linear relationship. In other words, the longer you lived as a male, uh, the higher your blood quantity of quercetin was. It was incredible. I'll, uh -huh. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. So, you know, I started eating raw onions. You know, I eat onions all the time. I mean, onions are just so good for you. So are green apples, you know, because they contain quercetin. And remember black tea. Um, so if you're a tea drinker, in lieu of a coffee drinker, you know, I love green tea and black tea. I mean, I think they're both great for the heart uh, because of the quercetin. Now, remember this, you know, in the age of inflammatory viruses, you know, SARS-2 viruses, coronavirus, and any of these viruses, I mean, quercetin is very, is a very potent antiviral as well. So, I mean, uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, taking quercetin as a supplement, uh, you know, I take it as a supplement, uh, you know, every day, you know, I like N-acetylcysteine that's broken down to glutathione in the body. And, and whenever you have glutathione and you combine it with selenium and vitamin C, you form glutathione peroxidase, which is the most potent, you know, uh, you know, anti-inflammatory hormone and in preventing inflammatory atherosclerosis. So there's so many foods and vitamins ah. and minerals that we can take to, you know, to embellish the body uh, you know, going forward. And what do you think about resveratrol? I just did an episode on red wine and also resveratrol. What are your thoughts on, on that? Because I, I think in the last decade, there's been some more research on it. So I wanted to get your thoughts on it. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I've been I've been pro resveratrol for years. I mean, we've been using it in, in healthy directions. My formulas. Um, the only thing is, um, you know, there's there's cis and there's trans resveratrol. Uh, obviously, you want to take the trans. Um, the, the the other thing with resveratrol is, um, I worry about people taking uh, you know more than two hundred milligrams a day of resveratrol. I mean. You know, so, so many supplements, I mean, people always think more is better and you got to be careful. Uh, um, uh, resveratrol is one of these supplements where I think less than a hundred milligrams a day is really the sweet spot uh, going forward. Uh, so when it comes to resveratrol, I'm all in, but like anything else, you know, like anything Not else, too much. You know, whether it's six grams of fish oil a day or 250 milligrams of resveratrol, then I back off, you know, because again, That's you know, too much. It's too much. Yes. Yeah. Too much. What do you think about having a little bit of red wine, like a few ounces of red wine to get your resveratrol? Well, you're going to get a little, maybe a milligram or so, or, you know, yeah. you know, it's okay. I mean, you you're know, you're not getting comes, a lot though. Yeah, from you're that. not getting yeah. a lot, but when it comes to red wine, again, less is more. Um, yeah. You know, it is uh, alcohol. Yeah, it is alcohol and, and, and really alcohol, uh, you know, there's pro and con on alcohol all the time, like there is on caffeine and coffee. I mean, you can read literature for it, really read literature against it. But when it comes to alcohol, yeah, less is more. Okay. okay. And what current project are you involved in that you're excited about? You mentioned the new book that's coming out in May. Um, yeah, I'm more I'm, about I'm, that. I'm in, I'm in love with grounding and earthing. I mean, I, I just do it. I mean, I, I mean, I'm so committed to it. I mean, I even moved my house in Florida. Uh, you know, it was amazing, Lisa. Uh, you know, I, I had a nice house in a nice area in Florida. And uh, when they were building these condominiums uh, on, the, on the water and, uh, you know, right on the Gulf of Mexico, uh, I sort of downsized. And I asked Clint Ober to speak to the engineers because I, I bought a, a ground floor unit. And Clint Ober spoke to the engineers as they were, as they were building a condominium because I wanted to walk grounded on the beach every day. But I also wanted my bathroom grounded as well because it was a ground floor unit. Um, you know, Clint Ober spoke to the engineers and, you know, they didn't put uh, sealant material or ungrounded material over the concrete, uh, you know, because I had a stone uh, floor put in my bathroom. So it was stone on stone and steel on steel. So, you know, it's amazing, but, you know, having a, a grounded area in your house is really important because, you know, when you do grounding, even for a few seconds, it's the perfect anti-inflammatory. It's just amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. Grounding heals everything. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I yeah. just, I'm so, I mean, I, I am just speechless when it comes to, uh, the benefits of everything and grounding. So, you know, I, I, I sleep grounded. I walk on grounded shoes. Uh, I walk barefoot as much as I can. Uh, you know, again, I moved my house in Florida, which I adored, uh, but I wanted to be on the beach because uh, I think grounding, you know, is, is a secret sauce of, uh, of, you know, putting inflammation at bay. And remember this, inflammation is the root cause of all illnesses. And if you can block inflammation, uh, you know, I think it's the secret sauce to uh, health and wellness going forward. 
You said your book where you're going to talk about that a little bit. Is that coming out in May? Yeah, that, that's that get out? grounded. Yeah, that's get grounded, get well. Uh, okay. It's different than my first grounded. My, our first grounded book came out, you know, more than 10 years ago. I can't believe it. I think it was 2010, 2011. Um, and that book, uh, we've sold millions of copies, uh, not in America so much, but it's in 20 plus languages across the world. Uh uh, you know, that's called Earthing the Greatest Discovery Ever. Uh, and now this book, Get, get Grounded, Get Well, uh, you, you know, I cite more of the most recent research on it. And it's just amazing, uh, you know, some of the stories and, you know, some of the athletes and, you know, some of the celebrities. I mean, there's so many people like ground right now. It's incredible. So it's, again, it's a, just like olive oil is the secret sauce in the Mediterranean. You know, grounding can be the secret sauce uh, that's absolutely free going forward, you know, in the in this uh, electrophysiological, you know, 5G environment that we live in. Well, Dr. Sinatra, it was wonderful having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us on Vita Lita Health today. Oh, thanks, Lita. It was a lot of fun. See you back here next week. Visit my website, vitalitahealth.com. For links to all my podcast episodes, for my blog on nutrition and health topics, and how to contact me. I also just started a Facebook page for the show, so please check that out as well. And don't forget to subscribe or follow this podcast and share it with others. If you enjoyed this episode, I would also love it if you would leave me a five-star review. Thank you so much. I appreciate my listeners.